Hey everyone and welcome back to the second episode of the I'm Tired Leadership Podcast. Um, fun fact, 50% of episodes, 50% of podcasts, sorry, only make it past episode 14. So I think we're on the right track with episode two in week one. I don't know. See how it goes. Um, but we are here just to let you know. Uh, we are here to change the misperception that the world is painted of a leader or what a leader needs to look like. We believe that everyone is called to be a leader, no matter where you find yourself in life, um, whether you're a CEO, um, a student, um, a pastor, you don't need a platform to lead. You can lead wherever you are from. Um, but sometimes it's difficult to figure out where, where to lead, how to lead, and where you've been called to lead. And we want to give you the tools to step into influence and step into leadership um and this isn't just another leadership podcast um we want you to step into this community and grow in a relationship with you so if you want to do that or if you want to know a little bit more head over to our website imtired.me subscribe for free to to see what's kind of come up to become part of the community and if you ever just want someone to talk to or call or talk about leadership talk about life call us at plus two seven one three five two seven five seven um and yeah you can follow us on instagram at i'm tired leadership but before going any further today we're going to talk about what to do when our expectations aren't met so what to do when disappointment hits roll the intro i need to know everything who and what and where i need everything uh super unnecessary intro right two seconds long um, crazy song though. I love that song. It's copyrights and free. So if you want to use it, you can use it. Anyway, that's not part of the podcast. What is part of the podcast is this. I know that most people know that it doesn't take much for disappointment to strike or, expe or our expectations to not be met. Um, I grew up in a very small town. It's a fun story. Um, grew up in a very small town called Swazilandica in the middle of the northwest province of south africa and uh, i wasn't there for long but when i was there you get bored you get bored in a small town so my best friend and i he used to be my neighbor on the left i know it doesn't make sense now but it's going to make sense in a couple of minutes um we used to get so bored and do the stupidest stuff and the stupidest thing the stupidest thing we ever got caught doing sorry mom sorry dad and sorry everyone else um no this might have been the stupidest thing we ever did anyway we used to have this big rock next to our pool and we would take our slingshots and little pebbles that we would steal from from our mom's water fountain and shoot out our neighbor's windows the ones that were behind and not the ones on the left and um every time the lady would come out to, and get to catch the suspects of child vandalism we would just jump into the pool and disappear until until my cousin came from the city of johannesburg and who is older than me, Brandon, um, and he didn't jump off into the pool when the lady came out and we got caught. Um, it was pretty funny to see my older cousin getting freaked out on um, until I had to take responsibility over, <laughs> over it because it was my idea. I was seven years old, so, so don't judge me. Um, and I had to pay two months of pocket money to fix the windows that we broke. Um, and that day I learned a valuable lesson about leadership. Always communicate to your team what's going to happen. Otherwise, it will go south. I'm kidding. That is not what I learned. 
Um, but as a child, I did learn a, a big lesson that day and I learned to take responsibility for where I was wrong. Um, but I also want to lead with saying that there's a difference between punishment and taking responsibility. Taking responsibility comes out of humility and it will always develop humility. But punishment that goes unattended will turn into shame and will produce shame. So we're going to talk about three things to do when our expectations aren't met. And the first one is take the punch, take responsibility, even if it sucks, whether it's alone, uh, a friend or you're part of a bigger organization, take responsibility for the fall. Like I just said, there's a difference between responsibility and taking punishment. Responsibility will always come out of humility and punishment will produce shame. Um, and I think one of the most valued th characters of a leader is when we walk in humility. Um, and I know we hear this all the time, but I pray that we never become numb to the saying, take the fall, take responsibility for the fall, even when it, it isn't your fault. Because it's easy to point fingers, oh, she did this and he didn't do this and that's why he missed the deadline. Or I didn't get to study because of this that happened or anything in that line. And it might sound crazy, but taking responsibility for the fall will enable you to lead and lead better in the next situation. And it might not be because of the power that someone placed on you, but it will be because of the character and the influence that was developed through your humility and responsibility that you took. Um, I listened to Levi Lasco the other day and you might have heard this before, but he said that you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. And when we react to our expectations not being met by taking responsibility, we there's a sense of ownership that comes like into us and solidifies within us that to buy into the vision, to buy into the mission for our own lives and for the organization. And that will ultimately lead to growth wherever you are at, whether it's in your own life, the organization, in your friend group, your family. It's inevitable. Um, but getting punched, taking the punch is hard, whether it's something that happens at work, um, at school, a test, uh, or even if it's something that a financial crisis, losing a loved one, a family member, a friend, it sucks even going through a breakup. And to be quite honest with you, I'm tired of it. I'm not even going to be joking around and I know way too many people that are too. Uh, and something that I've realized is I, when my expectations aren't met, I medicate, I become evasive, I pull back and I, I absolutely feel like doing nothing and I end up doing exactly that, nothing. Um, but our expectations not being met is not an excuse to medicate. We don't always have to be strong, but we need to choose humility and we need to choose to take responsibility over our lives. Yes, that rhymed, but it's true. Whether it's for your team, whether it's an organization or just yourself. Know who you want to become. Know where you are heading, what you want to accomplish and run it down again and again. Empowered by the humility and the responsibility you take over that situation. Number two to do when expectations aren't met is to innovate. I think one of the best things we can do when disappointment strikes is to innovate. 
um, because there's a difference between growing with it and innovating in it. Um, I remember when I was a kid, we used to, uh, my parents used to go grocery shopping on, on the, over the weekends and my sister and I would stay in the car in the parking lot and afterwards we'd go to the DVD store, the video store um, and rent the two for three special um, at Video 80. And it would probably be very close to a perfect weekend followed by hours and hours and hours of cricket with my friends. Um, but as we grow up, we stop doing it. And it's not because our habits changed. It was because streaming services started to take over. And Blockbuster, who was the biggest video renting company in the world, filed for bankruptcy because they failed to innovate. Now Netflix, who is the Blockbuster of streaming services, two years ago, I found this out that they were just as big as Disney because Disney also stopped innovating. And now Disney Plus has come out and all these other streaming services came out because they realized that without innovation, they'll just become stagnant. Jeff Bezos, who is the richest man in the world, I, I might be wrong because Elon Musk was and then Jeff Bezos took over again. Anyway, he's in the top two. And to me, he started one of the most innovating companies that the world has ever seen, Amazon. Um, and he, he said that I believe you be, have to be misunderstood if you're going to innovate. And choosing to innovate when disappointment hits, I believe is going against the status quo of what people are used to. You do life a little bit different, you think a little bit different and you create in a total new way. Um, but that's hard sometimes. Um, but the fastest way to get to innovation is to do life in a way that you've never done it before. I'm a person of faith and when I feel distant from God, I search for him in a way that I've never searched for him before. I, be, I try and be innovative in the way that I worship God. I sp still spend time in the word and in devotion, but I try to stay sensitive to my daily life and how I see him and how I try to find him. Um, and that, is, that has caused innovation to like overflow into other areas of my life when disappointment hits or I take on a new project. Good leaders do what is expected of them, but great leaders innovate. And I'm still young, I'm still young, but I, I've seen that when we take on a leadership role or someone entrusts us with a responsibility, a job, or just in our own life, most of the time, and I'm speaking for myself as well, we just do what is expected of us and we don't do more. Um, and like I said, I'm young, but the people I've seen go the furthest in life don't just do what is expected of them. They innovate. When we choose to innovate, when disappointment hits, we choose to do life in a way that no one has ever done it before. Yes, it's risky, but unless we do it, we, we, we will become stagnant and die. Okay, maybe, maybe not die, but we will become a subject to loss in the long run. And innovation does not require you to think outside the box or think of the most creative way to do life. But it does require us to go a little bit deeper into the problem, go a little bit deeper into how we used to do it and work a little bit harder. Anyone, anyone can choose to adopt innovation into their own lives. The third thing to do when our expectations aren't met is choose to build a culture of resilience. Resilience is the ability to bounce back after a loss or a disappointment. And it's hard. It's hard 
to set the example it's hard to lead from the front when we just face a loss i i've seen too many of my friends and too many family members be broken lost um facing a loss that just happened and i think we're all tired of it like most of us have faced something like that in the last year especially 2020 um saying that because we might be looking at this in five years back at it and not knowing what we're talking about at all um but we know exactly what happened in 2020 um and we're tired of it we're tired of the losses everyone has faced um but the most beautiful thing that i've seen in the last year is when my friends and family choose to be resilient in times where they have lost or in times where we and they have faced disappointment resilience isn't just something that few have um resilience isn't just something that happens to us we choose to have it because we do not want to fall back into where we once were so with the difficulty that comes with resilience here are three things i i like to believe will help us to become resilient number one is to build the resilience you have to have a vision for your life and have a vision for the organization that you're a part of set goals know know where you want to be know what you want to accomplish and stick to that and whatever you set out to achieve or what whoever you set out to become make sure that you know it stretches beyond your boundaries. Make sure that you know this is bigger than me. Set goals. Know you want to become. And whatever you set out to achieve. Whoever you set out to become. Make sure it stretches beyond the boundaries that only you can do. Make sure that this is bigger than you. To me, one of the most beautiful stories of resilience is a basketball story. And if you can't tell, I'm a huge, huge basketball fan. Uh, saying that with a baseball in my hand. But this is just to keep me busy. Um, but as you can tell behind me, I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan. Um, so one of the most beautiful stories to me about resilience was in the 2016 finals, NBA finals, just a little bit of backstory. You play a best, uh, best of seven series. So the first one to win four games wins the NBA championship and LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers were down, uh, three to one against the Golden State Warriors. And no team has ever come back from a 3-1 deficit in the NBA Finals. So they had every reason not to be resilient, not to fight back. And in a post-interview of Game 5, a reporter asked LeBron James, LeBron, tomorrow you're facing an elimination game. How do you feel? To where LeBron James answered, not hard at all. You go out, you work hard for your teammates, and you do your job. They went on to win the next three games to beat the Golden State Warriors 4-3 and LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers won the first championship over there. Um, and to me, that is choosing to become resilient. I know I've said this before, but resilience isn't something that just a few people have. Resilience is something that we choose to adopt knowing the consequences when we don't. One of the easiest ways to get and become resilient is to know that whatever I'm busy with is bigger than me and stick to the vision for your, for your life. Know what you want to achieve and know who you want to become and do not settle for less.
Keep going back at it. Run it again and again until you get there. Number two, to build a culture of resilience, you have to be in it for the long run. Just plain and simple. Like set your short-term goals, yes, but don't let the outcome of your short-term goals dictate the hope that you have for the long-term ones. I was listening to um, John Maxwell the other day and he said that anger without hope will lead to despair, but hope without anger, you won't be able to pay the price. So I want to encourage you, get mad, get riled up and get passionate about being in it for the long run. Do it out of love, do it out of hope for the future. That's how we win. That's how we become resilient and that's how we build longevity. The third thing, to build a culture of resilience, you have to realize you can't do this alone. Surround yourself with people that will encourage you to stick to the visions you have for your life, to, to call you out when you fall short or that they want to see the vision that you have for your life come to pass more than you do. But sometimes that's hard. I, I've been there. Um, at times where I was completely alone but I realized that I can't do it alone I had to get people around me and I had to become part of a community um, it feels weird saying that because I'm sitting here all alone but that's the truth we will struggle to become resilient and we will struggle to become the people that we've always been called to be or wanted to be when we do life alone it's hard to find people that are going to be there for us um at times and at times it's also going to be hard to find people who want to see our goals and our visions come to life more than we do but when we match the vulnerability that we pursue we will be surrounded with people that are that are going to be amazing and i don't i don't think we're going to regret it building a culture of resilience is impossible to do without others a couple of years ago I preached um, at one of our campuses in Pretoria when I was still a youth pastor and we we're about 100 plus students in the room of all ages between 14 and 18 or 13 and 18 and at the end of the sermon I, I asked everyone to close their eyes and I asked them if you want to be there for others the way that you wish others were there for you I want you to raise your hand there were probably two people that didn't raise their hand and I asked them to open, like keep their hands raised and open their eyes. And the shock on their faces, it was insane for them to see that Sally and Harry that they did not like wanted to be there for them, wanted to be there for others just as they wish others would be there for them. Don't underestimate yourself. Don't underestimate other people. Become vulnerable. Seek intentionality when you do life with others. And you will be amazed by the depth of the relationships that you have, that you will have in your life. The last thing, when expectations aren't met, don't be afraid to take a step back. Just let it breathe. Kind of try and see it from a third person perspective to be able to innovate, to be able to become resilient. And to be able to do life in a new way. And if you and if you struggle with this or if you don't have anyone to talk to, we would love to get to know you. Like I said, call us at plus two seven seven two one three five two seven five seven. Head to imtire.me to subscribe, follow us on Instagram, send us a message there. We would 
just love to get to know you. And if you ever feel like you want to add value um, to this platform, to this community, do the same thing. We can't do this alone and we can't do life alone. Thank you for listening. This is the I'm Tired Leadership Podcast. I'm Fritz Fisser. We'll be back next week. Every week, we're going to release two episodes. Thank you for listening to the I'm Tired Leadership Podcast. I'm Fritz Fisser, your host. Next week, we'll have a couple of other people that we're going to be interviewing. Uh, So yeah, thank you for listening and can't wait to catch up with you. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything.